Award season is in full swing. We dive right into an exciting Oscar race. This is Pop Culture Confidential. I'm Christina Yerling Biro. Great to have you back here again with us on Pop Culture Confidential. So in September, I talked to Mark Johnson, senior contributor at awardcircuit.com, about what he had seen at the Telluride Festival, which is an early award season predictor. Now we are smack in the middle of award season. Some of the big films that we talked about then, like Dunkirk, is still really in the Oscar running. Some films seem to be less talked about, like Downsizing and Battle of the Sexes. And a whole bunch of incredibly good smaller films like Lady Bird, Get Out, and Florida Project are winning a whole lot of prizes at the Early Critic and Industry Awards leading up to the Oscars. So I thought I'd get back to Mark Johnson and see where we are in the race. Mark, thanks so much for joining me again. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, Christina. Before we get into some more specific details and your predictions on the nominations for award season... Are you surprised at how the Oscar race has changed since then? And am I correct in my intro here? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely correct. Um, definitely, you know, there's always surprises each year as far as what will fall off and what what will end up being the films that we talk about as we head into, you know, December, January, February. Um, you mentioned a couple of them, like Battle of the Sexes. I, I can't believe I was just thinking about that this morning, how much that that one has kind of just faded when uh, right out of Telluride, a lot of people were thinking that could be the winner mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that and that Emma Stone could be a repeat champion. So uh, that one's very surprising. And like you said, again, a lot of smaller films like uh, Florida Project and Lady Bird get out. I guess Lady Bird's not a huge surprise because out of Telluride, again, that was well talked about. But uh, um, Get Out's probably, for me at least, the big surprise because this uh, last you know, whatever that came out, like January, February, it was mm -hmm. real early in the year. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't think it'd be achieving this level of uh, critical acclaim. So it's, you never know, I guess, is the, the theme. I love Get Out. I'm really happy that it's getting all this, this talk about, <laughs> I mean, and also it's such a different movie for yeah. awards yeah. contention, don't you think? Yeah, and that, that's definitely, I, I'm, I'm not as warm on the film as a lot of people. I like it. Um, but I, I do appreciate the fact that at least, you know, like a genre film of some kind is breaking through, you know, on a lot of lists where traditionally it, it may not. So it's it's refreshing. So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how you not scared of this, man? Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! Bros, we gotta go. Do you think the fact that a film like Get Out um, gets all this talk, I mean, we still don't know if it'll go all the way, but I mean, it's going very far in, in a lot of um, the, the pre-award shows, so to speak. Do you think that the fact that, that a film like that um, does get far in these smaller films in general that we talk about, like Florida Project and such, that that has anything to do with, with changes in the Academy? 
Absolutely. Uh, and, and again, keep in mind, you got to take this this wave of the award season with a grain of salt because right. everybody weighing in right now is not Academy related. So it's critics. And, you know, oftentimes critics kind of push the film, you know, that they may love or, or whatnot. But when the guilds start weighing in, like SAG, which I think is actually coming up this week. Right. It's um, like on Wednesday, you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When those nominations come out, especially ensemble, that's the one you really want to keep an eye on. Cause, uh, last year I think kind of proved, um, and I just drew a major blank. What won best picture last year? <laughs> moonlight. Oh, moonlight. Yeah. moonlight. Right. Right. So last year, La La Land was everyone thought going in was the, including myself, the heavy, heavy favorite to win best picture. And, um, that SAG ensemble that it missed that Moonlight had, uh, was really the key price deck because the only film to ever win Best Picture and not have that in, that that nomination is is Braveheart, which is the very first year of SAG. So you almost can put an asterisk even by that. So right. Okay. Interesting. When, when yeah, when SAG nominations come out this week, I, I think that's where you really start honing in on what has a chance. The critical acclaim is all great, especially the Critics' Choice because that's a you know nationally broadcast event and Academy members may be watching. Um, which always helps because it gives people when they, especially the winners, when they get up there and they give a speech, it helps endear them, you know, in the, in the race uh, or it can hurt them, I guess, if it's, you know, a moment lost or whatever. But I think with the SAGs coming out and shortly after that, you'll have the director's guild, the producer's guild. Those are the, those are the big three to, to look for. And then all the other guilds, because even the art director's guild and the costume designers guild, those are still, you know, a decent amount of that. Those guilds are Academy members and we'll have a vote. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so what you're saying prize. is the ensemble award uh, and the ensemble mm -hmm. nominations for SAG are what will be best picture nominees most likely. Um, maybe not nominees, but I would say you probably will find your best picture winner among the SAG ensemble nomination nominees. There's, there's that long history for that. Can I go back and ask you about uh, Battle of the Sexes? Why do you think that has fallen out? I mean, is it better movies that have come, or is it just? Is there? Do you have any theory, or is it just? I yeah, I honestly have no idea to be to be honest, because I this is an odd year for me um, in particular. I'm I'm there's for some reason I'm just disconnected with a lot of the films that are getting a lot of the attention. Like we mentioned, Get Out, Florida Project was one that again I liked. I I don't see you know, a lot of what other people are talking about it. I wasn't as big a fan on with Lady Bird the first time I saw it. I, I rewatched it recently. I liked it a little more, but you know, just a little disconnected with some of these films. I liked Battle of the Sexes a lot, and I and I really thought with the timeliness of it, uh, with our current political situation, I really thought, you know, a lot of times you got to look for what film is going to capture the zeitgeist of what's going on and what's what's happening around us. Cause that, that tends to swing the mood, I think of, um, of, you know, Academy members, the, you know, the world, whatever. Um, so I really thought battle of the sexes had an advantage, um, being that, you know, the, the Bobby Riggs character was a male chauvinist, like someone in office we may know. And, <laughs> and yeah, Miss Stone was, you know, the, the female that wouldn't back down like someone else that we know. So it was, you know, it just felt real timely and, uh, I'm really surprised it dropped off. So I, I really, I have no explanation. Maybe that was more election timely. Now we're more into get out, 
right? <laughs> That's <laughs> a very much good point. more of a scary, scary. Right. What this is what right. happened post election. Um, right. She did not win that game. That's very true. That's a very good point. Maybe that's maybe there people are just so. And who knows? I hate to generalize, but maybe some people uh, are just maybe defeated, and therefore, you know, I don't. Who knows? I, I, I have no explanation. Or you're just what? What's it called now? A steak eater? The ones that like the big <laughs> manly hey, films like Dunkirk. Hey, be, that's more your. <laughs> all right, be careful. I'm a steak eater myself, but yes. not not in the film world. But right, yeah, I'm, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. <laughs> what about um, Call Me by Your Name? Where do you see that so, one? Yeah, yeah and, I, and I haven't gotten to see that one yet. That's one of the last – that and The Post, I think, are the last two main major players that, I, that I've yet to, to be able to see. Um, but I, you know, from everything I hear, it won the LA Critics Award, which puts it in a really good spot. It's uh, got the Gotham win as well. Uh, it was cited by NBR, the Critics' Choice, AFI. Like it's, it's definitely getting – it's definitely hitting the right notes as it goes. Is there anything you don't know? Boundless by the time I cry. You only knew how little I know about the things that matter. Build your walls what things that matter? White noise, what an awful sound. You know what things. You saying what I think you're saying? Feel my feet above the ground. You shouldn't have said anything. Have Just pretend you never did. I'm curious how Academy voters will take it. I, I think maybe 10 years ago, I would be much more hesitant about it because of the, um, not, this is not a gay the, love story for the, for yeah. the listeners who don't, who don't. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not as much the, the gay themes as much as I guess the age difference among Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet, I think is how you say his name. Um, I think that's what kind of makes me wonder if, you know, if Academy members will be, uh, able to handle it and whatnot. But, um, you know, again, the Academy has changed so much over the last few years that I, I think a lot of us that like to play this awards prediction games, we really don't have a clue what's going to happen. Cause you have, you have movies like darkest hour and Dunkirk that traditionally would be shoe ins, you know, darkest hour is, you know, 15 years ago would be a absolute no brainer. Best now, picture. Darkest I think hour win, is the win. Churchill movie with Gary Oldman, yes. who looks like just spitting image. I haven't yeah. seen it, but I hear that he is just amazing, but that's yeah. also, there's no talk about him at the moment. No, that's, it's, it, that's exactly where I was going. It's crazy. It's, it's, uh, you know, 10, you know, 15 years ago, darkest hour would feel like the absolute front runner for best picture right now. It seems like it might get in. You know, it might be a nominee. I have it. I have it ranked number nine um, on my predictions. It's one of my favorite movies of the year, but it's it seems to be. You know, I got the Critics' Choice nomination for Best Picture, which was big, but literally that's it. No other critics group or AFI has has mentioned it among their picture winners. And Oldman, who I still think is the favorite to win, I, I, I do believe he's still oh, in yeah. front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he hasn't done so well yet with critics. I mean, he he is nominated for the Critics' Choice. He did win DC recently, but he lost New York, LA, and Boston to Timothy Chalamet for "Call Me by Your Name." And then there's James Franco, who seems to be creeping up the list as well, who recently won Gotham and and the Detroit Critics. So it's it's going to be interesting, but. I, I'm, I'll be really, really surprised if Holdman's not the winner at the end of this. We have before us many 
Many long months of struggle and suffering. Even though many old and famous states have fallen into the grip of the Nazi rule, we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender! For without victory, there can be no survival. Um, but speaking of a movie that's sort of all voters may potentially, I mean, even though sort of age and, and the, the, the sort of weird, broad academy voting body might be able to get their minds around could be Spielberg's The Post, right? Where you yeah, have, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely timely. It's it's about, you know, yes. the freedom of the press. It has Tom Hanks. It has uh, Meryl Streep. Where do you see that going? Again, yeah, one of the one of the two I haven't seen that, that are big, but right now that could easily be, I could see being a best picture winner even. Like I, I it, it won NBR, it got the critics choice, it got the AFI list. So it's got the right citations so far. Um, you know, you, you can't ever count out a cast that includes, like you mentioned, Hanks, Streep, um, my old schoolmate Carrie Coon is in it and her husband Tracy Lutz and Bob Odenkirk, a lot of, a lot of uh, big stars in the movie. To make this decision, to risk her fortune and the company that's been her entire life, well, I think that's brave. If the government wins, the Washington Post will cease to exist. If we don't hold them accountable, who will? We can't hold them accountable if we don't have a newspaper. Nixon will muster the full power of the presidency, and if there's a way to destroy you, by God, he'll find it. I'm asking your advice, Bob, not your permission. She can't do this. The legacy of the company is at stake. What will happen if we don't publish? We will lose. The country will lose. What are you going to do, Mrs. Graham? It looks really great. The early word is really solid. And, you know, everybody in the industry seems to love Spielberg, who, you know, even made it in, I think, for War Horse and Munich, which I love. But those were kind of surprise nominations as well. So um, the post, yeah, you mentioned it. It's very timely and, and whatnot. So anything's possible, I guess. This, this stage is so, this is the hardest stage, I think, because prior to the critics weighing in, you kind of have a feel of what you think it might go. And then when the, and then when the guilds come, you kind of know where it's going to go. But this in-between stage, knowing how much influence will the critics have on Academy voters, a lot of times, and I mean a lot of times, it seems like the Academy kind of gets stubborn with whatever they should vote for, whatever the critics are telling them to vote for. And, and they go a different way. Like you saw with um, Lincoln a few years ago right. and uh, boyhood a couple years ago. So it's, you know, they, the, the front runner at this season doesn't necessarily make it the front runner. Right. Right. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your predictions. Maybe we should talk about what your sort of nominee predictions at this point. Um, and you talked about that you still think Gary Oldman is in the running for who are the other um, male leads that you see right now? Yeah. So my, my five right now for lead actor are Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour, 
Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. By the way, am I saying that right? I, I think so, Timothy. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not even... Timothy. It's Timothy, yeah, but it, I think yeah, it is I, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Okay, I hear, I hear so many different ways. So. Uh, and then James Franco for Disaster Artist. I think those three feel pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis, I mean, how do you bet against Daniel Day-Lewis? Uh, his movie, The Phantom Thread, uh, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Uh, he has a history of getting his actors nominated, if you remember, a few years ago with The Master, oh, um, yeah. all three of Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix all got in. And, of course, Daniel Day-Lewis won his second Oscar for There Will Be Blood. Right. Um, so I, I think those four feel safe. I hate to say that. Um, it is kind of a weaker year for lead actor. The fifth spot really could go a thousand different ways. I currently have Hanks for the papers, but, man, I think Hanks' last nomination Post, is still right. cast away. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. The post. <laughs> I'm going to get that. I think I got that wrong last time. Yes, you did. They, <laughs> but they I, did change they, it. They've gone back and forth. And I, yeah. and I have it in my in my spreadsheet. I have I, I, I probably have missed a couple spots of <laughs> flipping it to the post. So right, right. you're right. Tom Hanks for the post. But right, there's right. there's a lot of other there's a lot of other names in play, like Denzel Washington for Roman Israel, mm-hmm. Junior Esquire and Jake Gyllenhaal for Stronger. Uh, Andrew Garfield for Breathe. The Dark Horse, I think, there's there's two that, I, that I'd keep an eye on right now, and that's Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Because mm-hmm. if that movie is going to be their movie, uh, he, he, to me, in, in my he's opinion, excellent. he's the best part of that. Oh yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's he's the first thing I would cite from that. Maybe screenplay, but he's, he's fantastic in it. Uh, and Christian Bale for Hostiles, I think, is another one. To, it just depends how many people will see that. Um, he did get the, the tribute at... Telluride, which usually bodes well for a nomination here. So there's, there's a lot of names still in play, I think, but four that feel really safe. You touched on phantom thread. Where do you see, is that going to suddenly sail up and become, um, a movie and, you know, with everything with screenplay and with director and all that? I, I don't know. I think with, with PTA films, I, I can tell you it'll probably be toward the top of my own personal list because yeah. I do. Daniel Day-Lewis is my favorite of all time, and I tend to love the films of, of PTA. Uh, there Will Be Blood and The Master are two of my all-time favorites. Uh, Magnolia, there's there's a ton of Boogie Nights. You're almost afraid to – I'm almost afraid to see it because I don't want to be <laughs> <Yeah>. disappointed. <laughs> right, right. His films are very divisive, though. So that's – I I think in a year like this, it, it already feels – like there's a, a consensus forming around the top 10 or so. I have it right outside that for best picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm very curious to see once the guilds start weighing in, because I think it'll be popular with guilds. I think writers guild, costume designers guild for sure. Oh, of course. They're going to eat that up. They're going to eat that up. Probably the, the art directors guild as well. I, I'd imagine there's a few guilds that'll, that'll go for it. So anything's possible. Has cast a very long shadow. She's barely looked at you this evening, has she? May I warn you of something? My brother can feel cursed that love is doomed for him. I don't like the fabric. Maybe one day you'll change your taste. Maybe I like my own taste. Just enough to get you into trouble. Perhaps I'm looking for trouble. Stop! There is an air of quiet death in this house. You're not cursed, you're loved by me. Stop playing this game. What game? What precisely is the nature of my game? All your rules and your clothes and all this money and everything is a game. This was an ambush. Stop. Are you sent here to ruin my evening and possibly my entire life? Stop it. 
Um, the way the the way the ballot works for Best Picture, I'm not sure how, how familiar the listeners are, but it's a it's a preferential ballot now. So you really have to be a number one on a lot of lists, or at least a two three, like high up. And to me, a movie like this is probably going to have its fans that'll put it number one or really low down, right? Correct. It's probably not going to get too many two three four mentions. It's either going to be one of those movies. You have one or two or not at all. So, And what I've learned from my interviews with you and Sasha Stone is that the twos generally win best picture. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly – that's very true it seems. Like it's the safer the safer film that maybe not be the best but everybody kind of likes it and doesn't have anything maybe negative to say. And I can recommend that to listeners because I have won – I won last year's big Oscar pool that I have at my Oscar party thinking nice. that way. That's <laughs> number two has to win so uh anyway let's let's move on to the to the to the women um best actress that is the the actresses this year i mean either the past three or four movies i've seen um especially in in supporting actress um I, i i some of the performances are just incredible this year yeah yep it is definitely a it's definitely the year of, of the female uh, performance, film director, movies about women. Like there's just there's it's just been uh, and that was that was clear out of Telluride. Like Telluride was very dedicated to Yeah, you remember you saying um, that. Yeah. And it's and it's continued through as this I mentioned the the act, the male side, it feels like there's four spots pretty safe and then a few others that could sneak into that five. For female side, there are probably still fourteen, you know, 12 to 14 names that are still possible, you know, possibilities for right. this, for this spot. So, um, I have right now I have Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird in front, um, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya next, and then Francis McDormand for three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Meryl Streep for the post and Sally Hawkins for the shape of water. But Jessica Chastain, I mean, there, I don't, I mean, it's pretty much, from Jessica Chessing for Molly's game, I should say. Right. Those six, those six feel like, oh my gosh, which one misses? Um, you know, and then there's a whole slew of other names, but those six feel at least one of them obviously has to miss, and maybe two miss. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. Right. Right. Talking about I, Tanya, I think that's interesting. Now, that's the movie with, with Margot Robbie, which I have not seen, but I've seen a trailer for. It's about um, Tanya Harding, and, and yeah. it seems very, very divisive. E- either people yeah. love the humor or some critics have really been sort of, it's not funny to laugh at her sort of being beaten up. And, and, and what do you, yeah. have you seen, what do you, what are your thoughts? No, I so I haven't seen it, but every everything I hear about it is. Uh, I mean, you have it's one of those films. I mean, it's slotted as a comedy for Golden Globes, and it from the trailers it looks like it's going to be lighthearted. How do I get a fair shot here? We also judge on presentation. Suck my dick. I'm gonna need it even the playing field. I know a guy shouldn't even be saying his name. Derek. The press wanted me to be the pile of crap. I never did this. What is going on? We're with the FBI. They know something. What can you tell us about Tanya Harding? I don't know a Tony Harding. <laughs> Aren't you her bodyguard? I get that it's, you know, true events and it was a tragedy that happened and all that, and so I, I kind of, I've got to refrain from really 
a personal comment till I see it, I guess. But mm-hmm. it, you know, she looks really terrific in it. Everything I've heard is, you know, it's one of the better films of the year. So we'll see. I, I, I'm slightly ahead with Ronan just because of what you just mentioned that the other way is a little divisive. I think McDormand is definitely a possibility to win her second. She won for um, Fargo back in 96. Which is also a divisive movie. I mean, I loved Ebbing, but some people sort of have not the same critique, but that it's also a bit too sort of over the top, Um, which I'm just wondering if that type of over the top, if that scares sort of the older Oscar voter away um, or if it won't this year it'll be interesting to see it will um they tend to with and this is sad but true they tend to prefer a younger actress in Mm -hmm. this category often um you know so that's why i put ronan and and robbie ahead of uh mcdormand because it's just uh it's just the history of of this category tends to go younger um yeah you saw emma stone last year the year before that's brie larson uh, Julianne Moore was the year before that, which obviously uh, was more, you know, uh, great performance, but also kind of working toward career achievement. A couple of years back, Jennifer Lawrence beat out Emmanuel Riva for a more. So it, it tends to it tends to happen in this category where the it, it kind of works the opposite. It's kind of funny, kind of kind of sad, I guess, but it works the opposite for the men. They they tend to be a little older as they win. They kind of make them earn it and uh, and whatnot. But the female, it's kind of like the it girl factor. So. You know, Ronan feels that way. That's one of the reasons Timothy may not win, even though he's winning any everything else. And all right. Yeah, it's, I have him number two. I, I I just I'm still not sure they would go him over Oldman, but um, and the fact that Daniel Day Lewis says it's his last role ever. That yeah, that, we'll see if that wins <laughs> <it> any. <laughs> I'm I'm really so. Here's the thing with Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, he he doesn't he makes a film every seven years, so it's not. Or every five years, they he'll just five be back. Years. I I think <laughs> so too. Back. I think you give him five years, yeah. he'll, he'll. I'm hoping to God he's back. He just needs to rest again. Yeah, maybe ten years so instead absorbed. of seven. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets so absorbed in his roles and and whatnot that yeah. You know, apparently, he just, he's learned to make dresses and everything. Yeah, right. I guess that's what he's retiring to do is make dresses. So I, I give that a few years, and then maybe hopefully he comes back mm-hmm. to us. But in talking about supporting actress um is that the same that it's also a younger skews younger um no and especially not this year there's i mean most of the the females that are in in strong position are are more um a little you know more veterans and of the industry and whatnot like allison janney for i tanya laurie metcalf for lady bird those are probably the two front runners right now uh holly hunter for the big six those three performances were I mean, just out of this world, I have to say. Good, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Like, it's a pretty, good, it's a pretty strong, strong year in this category as well for for females. And you have other, you know, contenders like Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water, Mary J. Blige, who is maybe newer to acting, but you know, a veteran of the entertainment industry. Melissa Leo, Leslie Manville, Kristen Scott Thomas, Michelle Pfeiffer potentially. There's a there's a whole slew of names that are, um, you know, again, uh, veterans of of their craft. Now you mentioned the big sick, which is another one of my, I really like that movie this year. What do you think the chances are to moving forward in the race for that? It's a sort of a, it's a comedy based on a real story, but, but it's not probably the usual Oscar fodder. Right. No, definitely. And I, and I, I think it's definitely strong. I think, um, I have it right now. Number 10 for best picture. So that 
to me, that's just barely missing out because usually you see eight, seven, eight, nine somewhere in that range with the sliding scale. Um, but I think it's definitely in contention there. I think Ray Romano is a potential. I, I just moved him into my five for supporting actor this week. Um, and then Holly Hunter, I think, is pretty strong uh, along with the screenplay. I think that's where you'll you'll see Big Sick have its best shots for supporting actress for Holly Hunter and screenplay. I'm looking for Emily Gardner. She was checked in tonight. There's an infection. We put her in a medically induced coma. Coma. You should call her family. Thank you, Kamala. We're going to handle things from here. I think I'm just going to wait anyway. You guys broke up. I'm not sure why you're here. I'm just going to stay for a second. Is this seat? Okay. Let me give you some advice, Kamal. Love isn't easy. That's why they call it love. I don't really get that. I, know. I thought I could just start saying something and something small would come out. And what about supporting actor? You mentioned Ray Romano. Who else is yeah. in there? So supporting actor, right now there's a heavy front runner, uh, Willem Dafoe. For the Florida project, he's kind of just cleaning up with critics. He won Boston, Detroit, LA, New York, NBR. He got the critics nomination as well. So um, he's he's easily right now up front. Um, Sam Rockwell's probably his biggest threat for three Andy, billboards. Right? Yep. And then you have Army Hammer for Call Me by Your Name. Uh, and then a whole bunch of people that I I mean this is this category now may be the hardest to call, at least for the acting ones. You have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Jenkins uh, and Michael Shannon from The Shape of Water. You have Michael Stuhlberg from Call Me By Your Name or Shape of Water. I, I think the, the latter is a longer shot, but Call Me By Your Name, he's getting a lot of uh, recognition for. Um, Mark Rylance from Dunkirk, Patrick Stewart from Logan. I'm kind of thinking it could be Army Hammer in this one for Call Me By Your Name, and that's sort of what they yeah. will give Call Me By at this point, because maybe Timothy's too, yeah. too young in the other one. Um, it was also from the same movie. But um, that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely, for me, the faux Rockwell and Hammer feel safe right now. I mean, anything can change, but those three feel the safest in this category for a, for a nomination, yeah. Now, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro's movie about um, sort of a, a fable about the, uh, uh, that he's made is getting a lot of Oscar love, but maybe not so much with the acting, maybe more with other categories, would you say? Yeah, I still have, you know, I have Sally Hawkins 5, I have Richard Jenkins okay, 5, so and I have, <laughs> I have all of them, like TV Spencer, I think I have four, like I have them all right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. Um I'm biased right now. That, that's still my favorite movie of the year as of now. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I loved it. The natives in the Amazon worshipped it like a god. Get him out. What are you talking about? No. We need to take it apart, learn how it works. I don't want an intricate, beautiful thing destroyed. We can do nothing. I'm sorry. Don't do this, Alasa. What is she saying? Don't do this. Oh, God, it's not even human. So I, I, I am definitely biased there, but I, 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 think, I think this is one of those movies you're going to see, like we talked about, show up in that SAG ensemble mm-hmm. um, category and, and really, you know, anybody that's on the fence. I think this, that, that, if, they, if it gets that nomination, which I expected to, 
I think that'll solidify its its chance in the race. And I think Del Toro right now I have him number one for director. Oh, you do? Um, yeah, I, I, I over I, Christopher I, Nolan. Yeah, I have Nolan number two. Um, I I don't know. Del Toro has been you know at Telluride and every press conference I've seen as he's taken his uh, film around the country and whatnot. He's so damn charming and passionate about his work that it's just contagious to you know you just you want to listen to him talk more. Um, right, right. You know, I, I might but have mentioned I mean, it. Christopher Nolan's pretty passionate about his work too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I think Greta Gerwig is definitely another um, strong contender there, as well as and I'll screw this name up, but Luca Guadagnino yeah, for Call Me by Your Name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there's a there's definitely a lot. I mean, even Jordan Peele for Get Out or Sean Baker for Florida Project, Spielberg for The Post. There's there's quite a few directors it's a strong still, year. but Greta Gerwig, I mean, did an incredible job on her first um, outing as director. That was, I mean. She'll, I'm sure she'll make many, many more and get an Oscar sometime. But I mean, I thought that yeah. was amazing for her first work. Yeah, and I think I think where I think where she'll have her best shot of at least winning is is original screenplay because uh-huh. it is a passion project. It'll I think it's between her and honestly Jordan Peele for Get Out for for original mm-hmm. screenplay. Those those two probably duke it out with you know three billboards will be in that running too. I'm sure, but Gerwig's Gerwig's I. I think she's a dark horse for a director nom potentially could win if that's their movie mm-hmm. uh, but screen screenplays where i think she has the best chance of, of well, holding both the of those would be uh, i mean they'll definitely nominate it i suppose but uh, so what about um adapted screenplay if those are the ones you're seeing and and you said big sick also an original right should be there yeah mm-hmm. big big sick lady bird three billboards get out i think phantom thread and shape of water post they're all there's there's a bunch but original screenplay is very very deep i mean all the you know dunkirk florida project darkest hour i Tanya, a lot of the more talked about movies that'll be in contention for best picture are in that category adapted screenplay is sadly really weak this year um there's there's a there's not really much to look at outside of maybe the top two or three picks as far as real chances of winning. Um, Call Me By Your Name seems like the easy favorite right now right, in adapted right. screenplay. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like The Disaster Artist sneak in there. Um, you have Molly's Game, which is written by Aaron Sorkin uh, and Mudbound. Sorry, is, is, another is it James contender. Franco himself who adapted? I think it is. Mm-hmm. I know I know he directed it and right. obviously starred in it, but I I think he also co-wrote that maybe or wrote it. I, I, I'd have to look that up. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I just actually got to see that this weekend finally and, and, and thought it was pretty hilarious. And mm-hmm. Franco was absolutely amazing. And could he, I, I could see him winning. I, honestly, I could see him winning over. I mean, I, I got to see Call Me By Your Name still, I guess. But I, I think I have Franco three, but I think it's more viable that he wins than Chalamet at this point, just because he's been around. This is my movie. And this is my life. You're not great. You and me, we are all the same. Oh yeah, how's, how's that? We both have this dream. That we'll be famous. Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> you have a malevolent presence. You are a perfect villain. I could see you as Dracula, Frankenstein. I'm not Frankenstein. I'm hero. job i give them salary i'm gonna spend five million dollar on this movie greg five, are you kidding me five million dollars and they are not grateful nobody respect my vision 
I think it's hilarious if Franco would win a bunch of Oscars or even one, um, considering how badly he hosted the Oscars. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> hated was, hosting the Oscars, the and then all of a sudden he wins a bunch of right. Oscars. <laughs> Yeah, he's um, he's he can be he's such an interesting actor because he can be really terrific when he wants to, and other times he, he just seems like he's having fun, which there's nothing wrong with that either. Right, right. Um, let's talk a little bit about like cinematography oh. and if there's any other what, what that that's a hard one. Right? Oh, it's it's not only hard, but it's it's wonderfully hard. There's so many great, wonderfully shot films this year. I mean, it's. It's really, again, like a lot of categories at this time of year, and this is this is kind of the hardest time of year, but also the most fun because it's you know starting to take shape, but you really have no clue in, in a lot of these categories like cinematography where there's so many films that can be nominated. You have Dunkirk, which has a, a very good chance, Blade Runner, which is, of course, Roger Deakins, who multiple nominations and is yet to win, um, Darkest Hour, Shape of Water. Uh, Mudbound is beautifully shot, um, and it would be, I think, the first female to be female. nominated. Yeah, yeah if she was, she was to get in. Um, you have the post. First, they killed my father. Angelina Jolie's film has some of the best shots of the year. Um, wow! So wow. it's this is a hard. It one. is, yeah, and, it's all over. Dunkirk, we have a bit of a Swedish connection with ah, with the von Hoytemos. Yeah, he, he yeah. started. A big part of his career started here in Sweden with a bunch of movies, but uh, I and Deakins and and I also think Shape of Water cinematography is just pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's really it's going to be like I guess a shame um, for those left out this year because there are so many deserving nominees that there will be three to five. Uh, per, I don't want to say performance, but uh, works that that could have won in other years. It's, it's such a it's right. such a well done year. So um, who's to know? But I have Dunkirk out front right now, but Blade Runner right behind. Now in in foreign film, um, we also have a horse in the race here in Sweden with uh, Ruben Östlund's The Square, who's winning a bunch of stuff um, ahead. Hope, hopefully, he will be nominated. But do you think that Angelina Jolie will be nominated in foreign film in that category? It's tough to say. Um, she's from what I hear, from what I understand about this, they will apparently many people think they'll be hesitant to nominate her in this category because they, they feel it might be kind of like uh not what the category made a movie yeah. about Cambodia Cambodia yeah I think it's kind of not what this category is intended for I guess is what the the buzz is um just because she's made a foreign film I, I don't know I, I I don't get into the whole the polit- politics of well, it, it kind of feels like it kind of yeah. feels like if she gets nominated she's like the clear and everyone is like oh I don't want to <laughs> they'll just click that because it's her name I, who knows I mean it's but I do hear it's a fantastic movie I loved it I, I thought it was very very well done this film is the story of Luang Ang when she was a little girl it's her experience during the war and Luang is a dear friend of mine who I met over 15 years ago. Reading her book taught me a lot about this country. So in a way, I'm doing this for her, for her family, for Cambodia, and very much so also for Maddox. So he learns about who he is and knows who his people are. This is a story of not just my family, but it's a story of a nation. I wasn't going to trust it to anybody. It's by far her best best work so far but 
But like you said, there's a lot of other movies like The Square or Beats Per Minute or Fantastic Woman, Foxtrot. There's a lot of other strong films in the running. So it'll be very interesting. If she gets in, I think she's the front runner at that point. But I I have a feeling I have her on the number six spot right now just because of all the the buzz about how that's not what this category was intended for and all that. So. But that also seems a bit unfair. Yeah, I mean, if she's very. made an incredibly yeah. good well, foreign film about yeah. Cambodia, then I, just because she's a name, or what would that? Yeah, I don't know. And she's she's a citizen of Cambodia, so oh, is she? Yeah, really? she's she's got dual citizenship. So I, I don't. Uh, it's, it definitely seems odd that that would even be in consideration. Because as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, this is the winner for, mm-hmm. for foreign language, and then all the the buzz, the political buzz started happening. And I don't know. So we'll see. It's a, it's a tricky category, you know, usually anyway, and how many of these films the voters actually see is always debatable as well. So never. Are there any other categories that you find at at the moment, this, in this early stage that you think are um, surprising or interesting? Um, We talked about most of it. I think editing is always one to keep a close eye on as well. Just, because the the winner of or the winner of best picture is oftentimes tied to this category. I think we've Birdman was the only best picture winner to not get a film editing nomination since 1980. So, um, along with the SAG ensemble, editing is definitely a category to keep an eye on if you're looking for what's going to win. Uh, and there are there are again lots lots of films that could possibly sneak in that area. I think Dunkirk's probably the favorite, but. Um, Lots, lots still going on there, but most of the categories, most of the main categories we talked about are, are interesting. The documentaries, um, just the, the documentary branch of the Academy just got it down to a, the short list of 15. Um, so that's starting to take shape. It looks like it'll be Jane versus Faces Places versus City of Ghosts. Those three seem to be like the, the ones most people are discussing. So, um, yeah, and a lot of these can be seen right now on Netflix or Amazon. Um, I know I watched Chasing Coral last week on Netflix, which was which was pretty interesting. So the fact that so many movies these past this year and a little bit last year also can be seen on Netflix and Amazon do does that impact the Oscars in any way? You think voters and you know I I don't know, but I I love this. I've I've always said because especially in, I I live in the Cleveland Northeast Ohio area, um, so. It takes a while for us to get films. That's why I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name or um, The Post yet. Uh, so it, it always seemed like that would be the perfect format for documentaries and um, foreign language films. Get get those to some kind of on-demand or streaming site so that people can – Right. We're happy yeah. to pay for them. Right. Exactly. That's what I always I, say exactly. I, I would pay for any one of these movies. And I'm sure there's other people like me that are in cities that can't get these films. So um, I love – that it that several of them are, are available that way, and I think if anything, it, it helps um, with voters, especially a documentary. It, it, that's not something you have to see on the big screen, you know. Like Call Me by Your, or I'm sorry, not Call Me by Your Name. First, they killed my father. Kind of, I think Angelina Jolie's movie. Yeah, I think that one might be hurt a little bit by the fact that it's on Netflix. It is definitely worth seeing in a in a big screen. Like I mentioned, the cinematography is among the best of the year. Um, so that might get hurt by the, the smaller screen, but a documentary, I mean, that's the, that's the perfect venue for those, in my opinion, is get them, just make them accessible. So. And also the short films and things yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Right. Now, um, 
lastly, if if uh, if the listeners here really want to get down and dirty in preparing for for Oscars, um, what are the sort of most important awards or guilds coming up? Uh, would you say does do the Golden Globes mean anything or more or less than like the SAGs? Um, they mean less. They mean less for sure because again the. The Golden Globes is is voted on by something like ninety four members of, of the of the press, foreign members of the press. So it's it's not in any way overlapping. Whereas with SAG and DJ and PJ, uh, those are the guilds for producers, directors, and actors. The the members of those bodies, a, a large amount, are also Academy members. So you can kind of get more of a feel uh, when those things start happening. Plus, if I'm an Academy member and I have to vote for costume design. And the costume designers themselves weigh in on what should win. I'm probably, if I don't have an opinion, if I'm on the fence, I'm probably going to say, okay, well, the costume designers themselves thought this was the best. They probably know what they're talking about. I'll give it my vote as well. So there's a little bit of... But then you're also a very dedicated Academy voter if you're going that far to look into things and not just sort of sitting there with your sandwich and putting it... (laughs) And I think think based on conversations we've had with Academy members, I think most of them pay attention to the race. I think they're, they're, they're on our sites and they're listening to our podcasts. Not, and I don't just mean award circuit podcasts, yours as well. And Sasha's. And I think they pay attention. They're, they're curious about it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you definitely look at the guilds, PGA, DJ and SAG. Um, the critics choice is kind of big cause it's the, again, the first kind of big televised event that they can listen to the winners. Um, Golden Globes are big in certain categories and in certain ways but um i really i really would look at the guilds if you're looking at what's going to matter one of the things that has that i have been sort of informed is a big deal is that the speeches that they give at these shows when they win that 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 is has certain relevance yeah, to the voters i think that so if they're really boring or yeah. you know or not in some way, not uh, grateful enough right. or whatever, um, that tends to sway a vote or can sway certain voters. Sure, especially if I think the other way around, more more or less, where it's if they have a really moving and powerful speech, it could be enough to to lock in a spot too. So I, I think it's it's more likely like an audition almost in in some ways. If you're if you're somebody who's on the fence, now my, keep in mind somebody who wins a Critics Choice Award is probably not somebody who's on the fence of a nomination. It's probably somebody that's on the fence of winning the Oscar, um, but it's definitely at least the audition that helps push you closer to winning and securing the nomination. Well, Mark, thank you so much. Again, we will um, listen to if people are not listening, if listen to this before Wednesday, they can sort of think about how the SAG Awards uh, nominations go and yeah. we'll get some answers right there. And thank you so much again for your time. Absolutely. We'll thanks. Maybe talk to you again. Yeah, before. for sure. Thanks for having me again. I enjoyed uh, chatting with you. Thank you so much to Mark Johnson, senior contributor at awardcircuit.com. And you can follow Mark and all his great Oscar predictions and movie tweets on his Twitter handle at Mark likes movies. And thank you so much for listening. We look forward to an exciting Oscar season with all the award shows coming up right up until the Oscars, which will be on March 4th. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod Pop Culture. And please, if you have a moment, rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud. That really helps us out. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, theme music by Carl Boy, produced by Rene Vikander, and myself. I'm Christina Jörling-Biro. Thank you so much for listening. 
and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.